Good morning, everyone. How's the volume? It's, can you hear me? Hmm. Yeah? Not very. <laughs> People are still talking, which means maybe. you're not afraid of me (laughs) okay let's start the yoga class Welcome to Spirit Rock Yoga and Meditation. It's nice today. We don't have to have the screens up, so we have our view. It's lovely. Um, My name is Ashley Sharp, and I'll be teaching yoga and meditation this morning. We do about an hour of yoga, and then about a half hour of meditation, and then I have a talk for us. Um, That's the general plan. There's no bathroom break, so if you need to use the restroom... At any point, except for maybe during the meditation. I mean, if you have an emergency, please go. But maybe stay in the room during the meditation. But at any other point, at any time, feel free to use the restroom as needed. Uh, Who's new? I feel like I saw some new faces. Anybody new? Welcome, welcome. If you could, everyone, turn to your neighbor and say hello. Introduce or reintroduce yourself. I know. All right, I have a morning question for you. It's a very chatty morning. <laughs> it's, yeah. So I have a morning question for you. It's not a morning question, it's just a question. Um, how would you practice non-harming in your yoga practice? What are ways to practice non-harm? It's sort of an obvious question, but I, let's just say the obvious things too. And maybe we'll come up with some less obvious things. But how would you practice non-harming during yoga and, uh, and or meditation? Oh, maybe it's not obvious. Yes. Okay. Uh-huh. And so when I'm lying down, I might have a judgment about what you say or how loud you're speaking or this thought coming in. And it's just going on all the time. Uh-huh. And then I say, damn it, Dick, shut up. <laughs> it's supposed to be funny. It made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
So um, how would you change that to a non-harming self-commentary? Mm. Right? Like our self-talk sometimes can be really violent. Has anybody else had that? I have that, this sort of violent self-talk. We can um, maybe observe and change how we talk to ourselves. We can practice, what was last week's theme? Generosity with ourselves, with how we treat ourselves. And then I think uh, non-harming doing yoga means uh, refrain from strain. So I don't mean refrain from working hard. Sometimes it feels good to work hard. But, you know, strain, there's a difference between working hard and strain in the body. So we can practice refraining from strain. We can practice gentle self-talk, generous self-talk. Anybody have anything else how we can do non-harming during yoga and meditation? I'm sorry? Honoring physical limits. I feel like this little thing, honoring physical limits, I feel like this is like actually a radical thing to do. It's against the stream of maybe how we're trained. Maybe it was just how I was trained as a dance background, but even our schooling, like honoring our physical limits. This is, this is great. If that's what you did today, that would be great. Um, And then there was another one up here. Did you have one? Yeah. Oh, don't compare yourself with others. That's a good one. I feel like when I start comparing myself with others, it's an automatic drain in my energy system. Have you noticed this? Like we compare and then it just kind of drains. So don't compare yourself to others. And then what happens if you notice that you're comparing yourself? Generosity and kindness in how you respond to that. Okay, I think that's good. Anything else before we get started? Yeah? Okay. So um, just maybe lengthen, straighten up, float up your spine. We'll come to a pause. And take a big breath in and out. Relax your jaw. And notice that you are sitting here in this room about to do yoga and meditation, something actually quite healthy and wholesome. And I'd like you to welcome yourself here, all parts of yourself, So we have at the foundation of what we practice, ahimsa, or non-harming. So welcome to everybody, all ages, all body types, all levels of yoga experience and meditation experience, all genders, all races, all personalities, all moods. You're welcome to be grumpy here. Just welcome yourself here into the room. Take a big breath in and out. Melt your shoulders and your jaw. Have a sense of the posture that you're sitting in. So may this practice serve you. May it serve you to your highest good.
Let's bring the hands to touch. And we'll chant the sound Om. Om is from the Hindu tradition. It's an ancient sound. It's said to represent the everythingness of this vast universe. So the distant stars, the close-up friends and family, and everything in between. We'll chant it just one time. Inhale. Tuck your chin and bring your hands up to your forehead. Uh, Palms are still touching. Here we bow. We bow with reverence to the body, to the capacity of the body and the heart. And also to the tenderness, limitations, and vulnerabilities of the body and heart. As those are not a mistake, they're part of our practice too. Bowing to the great mystery. Let's take a big breath in and out. All right, arms up. Hallelujah. It's Thursday, and we're going to do yoga. Okay, so turn your wrists as your arms come down. Turn your wrists. And um, let's lie on our back, sunny side up, shall we? I think that's nice. We did that last week. Lovely. You know, there's mats. If you want a mat in this closet in the front, yeah. Okay. Oh. And then your knees can be bent or your legs can be straight. It's your choice. Legs straight or legs bent, whichever is more comfortable. And just notice that you have rested down on the floor. Feel the back of the body resting down. And again, have a sense of your posture here. So the shape that the body is in. We're inviting the mind to rest into body. Let Let your mind be held by the body today. Let's stretch the arms along the floor up above your head. Just a big stretch. Yawning is always welcome. You just do a big reach arms to the back of the room. Like you could stretch like a cat maybe. Uh-huh. Okay. And then bring the arms down by your sides. And one at a time, bend your knees and place your feet on the floor. If they weren't already. Uh And then pull the right knee into the chest. Just give it a squeeze in. Just like so. Right knee squeezes into the chest. Mm -hmm. Uh, Lengthen, let's see, lengthen the back of the neck. So the head's on the floor. And if you find that your chin is jutting up towards the ceiling, you might grab a pillow and put it under your head. So if your chin's jutting up, yeah. Okay, big breath. Let's place the right foot on the floor, and you'll lift the left knee in. So just a quick note before we go any deeper in class this morning that you're welcome to change things uh, that I ask. You can do something else entirely. You could start your final relaxation now. (laughs) It would be fine with me. You can make things harder. You can make things easier. You can do something else. So that the class is really... Uh, serving you in the cultivation of presence, the cultivation of mindfulness, awareness, and the practice of non-harming. 
All right, let's place the foot on the floor and let your arms be up over your head. Uh-huh. Take two big breaths here. Nostril hair is kind of blowing in the deep wind. Relaxing through your shoulders and chest a little bit, if you can. And then yet again, bring your arms back down by your sides. And you'll pull again the right knee into the chest. And this time, extend the other leg, the free leg, forward and towards the front. Yes. Uh, And there's an optional option. I mean, the whole class is optional, but there's an optional option of lifting the head up towards the knee. That would be uh, optional. If your neck is tender, you can put the hand behind the head. And do remember that we're practicing non-harming. So refrain from strain or moving beyond your body's limits this morning. Uh, Put your head back down if it came up. And let's hold the knee in the opposite hand. So it's right knee, left hand. And you'll take the knee across the body. That right hip will roll up off the floor. And the knee comes across. Go ahead and reach your right arm out to the right. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Good. And then take uh, two breaths here. Lots of breathing this morning. You have to oxygenate the whole system. Relax the jaw. Okay. And then you'll come on up. And before we do the other side, have both feet on the floor. So both knees will be bent, both feet on the floor. And we'll take maybe a five-second pause. A little pause in the action. All that forward momentum. That can be happening with life. Let's pull the left knee into the chest and extend the free leg. And then there was the optional option of lifting the head up towards the knee. Uh Everybody, whether your head is up or not, pull the navel towards the spine. Navel towards spine. Mm -hmm. If your head came up, please put it back down. And you'll hold the knee in the opposite hand. Hold the knee in the opposite hand. And you'll bring the knee across the body. Yeah, it'll roll across. Uh Let your left arm open out to the left. Uh And your head will turn a little bit to the left, too. Okay. And what do you notice? What body sensations do you notice? Just doing what you're doing while you're doing it. It's very, in some ways, simple process. Not necessarily easy. But it is simple doing what you're doing while you're doing it. Breathing and receiving body sensation. Okay, let's come back up and bend both knees, both feet flat on the floor. And take another five-second pause here. All right, now let's extend the right leg up towards the ceiling and circle the ankle. Two, yeah. 
And notice the body resting back on the floor as you do this. Circle the ankle in the other direction. Uh, so it's the foot that moves, not the leg. Uh-huh. And then flex and point the foot. So you pull the toes towards your face and then extend the toes up. Do that a few times. And you might notice some heat, warmth coming in your ankle or your leg somewhere. And observe with kindness. Okay, and then shake that thing out like a dead bug. Shake, shake, shake. And let the knee bend and the foot will come back down. And pause for a second. You might notice any tingling or any sensation from that right leg and foot. Observe the river of sensation. Aha. And extend the left leg up towards the ceiling. And circle the ankle. Yeah. So if possible, the leg is staying still and you're just moving the foot to circle the ankle. It might be crunchy in there. Is yours crunchy in there? Rice Krispie Treat, snap, crackle, pop. Let's go in the other direction. Have a sense of your back body resting on the mat. And then shift to flex and point, flex and point. So pull the toes back towards your face and then extend the toes up towards that very high ceiling. All right, shake it out. Shake, 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 shake. And bend the knee, put the foot down and notice the sensation in your leg and foot. Okay, take one big breath, full breath in and out. Check and make sure the feet are on the floor, hip width apart with the ankles under the knees. And then for this next one, those of you that have, uh, gave yourself a pillow, you'll move the pillow out. So if you had a pillow, not all of you do, but if you had a pillow, move the pillow out from underneath your head, and then you'll lift your bum up, lift your derriere, tushy up a little bit. Uh-huh. Engage your glutes, so engage the muscles in the, um, behind, that'll be a nice word for that. Engage the muscles in your behind, and take two big breaths, nostril hair is blowing, right? Like all these deep breathings to oxygenate the whole system. Okay, loveys, let's bring your tush down if you hadn't already, and then open the knees, bottoms of the feet touch. Uh Mm -hmm. And soften the low belly to let the movements of the breath touch the low belly. Relax your jaw and notice the movements of the breath. Almost like we are meditating in this shape. Let the back of the tongue relax. Okay. Let's um, roll over onto your right side and just linger on your side like it were a yoga pose. Just linger on your side for a moment. Knees are forward a little bit. 
And you can use a pillow as a pillow, or you can use your right arm as a pillow. And we're going to take the left hand, and the left hand's going to trace a circle on the floor. So the left hand can come on the floor in front of you, and it's going to trace a circle up above your head. And then as the arm starts to go behind you, roll onto your back a little bit, and that arm will circle out. And then it'll start to come down. And as the hand comes and meets the torso, it needs to just kind of slide up over the torso. And you can stack your uh, top shoulder on top of the bottom so you end up facing this side of the room again. And the arm will circle. uh, Just continuing, you roll a little bit onto your back as the arm goes behind you. And you roll a little bit onto your side as the arm comes in front of you. And you're making just a big circle here. If possible, keep your hand as close to the floor as possible. It could even be dragging along the floor. And you're doing this with actually not much effort and lots of attention. If there's a tender spot that you'd like to linger, you could. And let's reverse the direction of the circle. Reverse that direction. Mm-hmm. Still, when the arm is behind you, you roll your torso to face the ceiling a bit. And when the arm is in front of you, you roll onto your side a little bit. And then our yoga party is going to meet with that uh, arm that's circling out behind you out to the side. It's a twist. Uh, Relax the hinge of the jaw and then relax the tips of the fingers. Take a full breath. Okay, and then you're going to roll onto your back, knees bent, Straighten yourself out a little bit. You can keep your knees bent, but straighten your arms and your torso out. And just sense right arm and shoulder to left arm and shoulder. Just sense the difference. And then let's have you roll over onto your other side, which I think is your left side. And just linger there for a moment. Knees are forward. Mm-hmm. And you can have a pillow as a pillow or your arm as a pillow. Yeah. And then on this side, it's the right hand on the floor in front of you. It's going to circle. It goes down on the floor. And then up. And you roll onto the back as the arm comes behind you. Just like so. If you're not clear what's happening, just make something up. (laughs) It'll work out. You could peek at your neighbor and copy them, too. That's always an option. But as best you can, let your head be down on the ground, too. So, yeah. Yeah. Hand is as close to the ground as possible. And then circle in the other direction. Remember, you roll. First, you're on your back, and then you're on your side. So you're... 
Uh, move, yeah, move a little bit. And you'll end up with that right arm out to the side. The right arm's out to the side. Just pause there. Relax the outer corners of the eyes. And the outer corners of the lips. And the tips of the fingers. Okay. And then you'll come onto your back. Just come onto your back. We could do like off-floor yoga. We'd end up scooched all the way across the room. All right. And just pause for a minute here on your back. Sensing your right shoulder, your left shoulder. There's no instruction for a moment. Imagine that. Okay, and then we are going to come all the way up to standing. Oh, my God. (laughs) I'm not even going to give you instructions on how to stand up. I'm going to assume you can manage that. Okay. And then once you've come up to standing, have your feet just separated so it's not all tight. Just have comfortable feet. And you'll swing your arms. You could do this with your eyes closed, although if your balance is tricky, that wouldn't be a good idea. But this is just very casual, knees bent, and you might even let your head move a little bit. And we're just swinging the arms to release a bit through the shoulders. Those arms... And as you do this, notice, I don't know what you would notice, whatever you notice, maybe the feeling in the shoulders or the hands or the thighs, the sense of the entire body, just swinging for a little bit longer. Have a sense of your weight dropping into your feet. A few more swings. One of these times, soonish, your arms will come up above your head. Ah, and then you can bring your feet a little bit closer together and see how tall you can reach up high to the sky. And you could even do one arm and then the other. (laughs) Ooh, Molly says go on your toes. All right, separate the feet and forward bend down you go. This will be a different sensation. Let your head drop. If your back is tender, brace your elbows on your knees. If you're not sure what that means, I'm demonstrating that. So if your back is tender, elbows on the knees. Let your head drop. Uh And take three breaths here. Slow and steady with the breath. Breathe in, know you're breathing in. And breathe out, know you're breathing out. And then bring your hands to your hips. Let's come on up to standing. 
arms by your sides, and we'll take a three-second pause. Relax your wrists. Okay, inhale, arms sweep sideways and up. Stay standing, exhale, arms go back down. Two more of those. That's your, that's your method. Moving meditation. Make it beautiful with your attention. And once you've done three of them, or once you finish the one you're on, pause with your arms down. Unlock your knees. Ah. Okay, now let's put our legs in pyramid pose shape. So what that means is you have uh, right foot forward, left foot back, and the legs are straight, kind of like a pyramid. But check it out. Your feet are not on like a single line, like a balance beam. Your feet are hip width apart, yeah, even though they're front to back. Okay, now arms will come out to the sides. You'll turn your shoulders forward. Some of you will get reverse namaste, that's palms together, fingers up. Some of you will take your wrists and walk your hands towards your elbows. Uh-huh. Inhale, lift your chest. And then exhale, tip forward into a bit of a stretch. As you come forward, keep pushing your back heel into the floor. It's like you could lean into your back heel. Be sure to compare yourself to your neighbor. <laughs> All right. And take a few more breaths here. See if you can hold steady. I think that sometimes is a big task, holding steady, especially if it's a little awkward. Sometimes yoga is a little awkward. Okay, press the feet into the floor to come on up. And you'll release the hands and step the back foot forward. And then you'll step the right leg back. So the feet are hip-width apart, spread front to back, but hip-width apart. Arms will come out to the sides. Turn your shoulders forward. Hands come behind you. Just do what you can with your hands. You can always come back next week. All right, and then tip forward some amount. Keep pushing, leaning into your back foot. Uh-huh. And do tone your belly muscles a little bit to support your back. So you're engaging your belly muscles a little bit. Mm-hmm. One more breath. And we'll come on up. Yeah, release the hands, step the back foot forward, and then just swing the arms like we did before. And we'll do quite some time. And if you're feeling it, you could get a vigorous arm swing. I don't know, is there such a thing as a vigorous arm swing? It's like, so, in a moment, we'll swing those arms up on an inhale, and you'll exhale, pull your elbows back, and you could even make a sound. All right, but let's do it together in case you wanted to make a sound. Here we go. Inhale up, and whoo! Okay, that was okay, but let's try again. Swing front to back, swing front to back. Get it loose as a goose. Okay, are you ready for it? Here we go. Inhale up, 
and whoo, and swing. And one more, inhale up, and whoo. Okay, good, let's turn and face the side of the room. Ah, take your feet nice and wide. We'll do our warrior two. I think we do this every week. So if you're new, uh, it'll be new maybe, but you'll, if you come back, it won't be. Turn your right toes to the back of the room. Okay, and bend the right knee to 90 or in the direction of 90 degrees. Arms will be out to the sides. Uh, check your left leg, make sure it's straight. Good. Inhale, arms up, straighten the right leg. You can even look up. Exhale, bend the knee, arms out to the sides. Do a few of these, inhaling and exhaling. Good. Keep going. Make it like a moving meditation again. So you're breathing and moving, cultivating attention. Oh, dear. We had some body heat in here. Do two more. And when you finish the one you're on, put just your arms down. Move your shoulders, move your head. And the arms will come out to the sides. Turn your gaze out over the right hand. And then hold the shape and breathe. Hold the shape and breathe. Hold your eyes steady. This is called drishti, our gaze. So we hold our eyes steady. It's easier to mind your own business, so to speak, if your eyes are steady instead of looking around. Another way to say this is commit to the shape that you're practicing. There's a kind of internal integrity and wholeness to this healthy practice that we um, breathe and sense, move the body in those shapes. One more breath. Okay, now both hands come down to the floor, and we'll step back into downward facing dog. Downward facing dog. If downward dog is difficult for you, you could do this on your elbows or your knees. Okay. Shift forward to plank pose like you were going to do a push-up. Uh-huh. Hands are under your shoulders. You might have to move your feet back a little bit. Good. And then go. Keep your hands and feet where they are and head back up into downward dog. Uh, release your neck. Uh-huh. Take three breaths here. If you feel like this is a, a violence to your body, then you would stop right away, right? We determine that we have non-harming at the foundation of what we do, and it takes some integrity and strength and courage sometimes to, to commit. Take two more breaths. Keep pushing those arms if you're still in the pose. When you're finished with the pose, you'll lie all the way down on your belly. You can make a pile of your hands as a pillow for your head, or you can use a pillow as a pillow for your head. So a pile of your hands as a pillow for your head. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Huh. And then lengthen your right leg so far back that it starts to float up a little bit. Good. 
Okay. And then let's place the right leg down. Lengthen the left leg so far back that it lifts up. And put it down. Now here, some of you have your head turns. Let's, let's keep the forehead down. The forehead, you have to tuck your chin, and the forehead will come onto the hands, I think. Or Yeah. And let's try again. Lift the right leg up. Lengthen it back and lift it up. And keep the right hip down. Keep your neck and shoulders as soft as you can get it. Because the neck and shoulders maybe are, are helping out a little bit, but as best you can, keep them as soft as you can. All right, put the leg down, and you'll lift up the other leg. Uh-huh. All righty, put the leg down. Shift your hands, palms down under your shoulders. And we'll come up into a little cobra, which means no weight in the hands. So the shoulders will come up, and then the head comes up, no weight in the hands. And we're strengthening the muscles in the back body. If you wanted less challenge, go up less high. If you wanted more challenge, take your hands behind you. If you wanted even more challenge, you could float your legs up too. Uh Have integrity, have wholeness. Mm -hmm. Take two more breaths wherever you are. Mm -hmm. Okay, come on down. Have your hands palms down under your shoulders. I'm going to give you, uh, for most of us, an impossible instruction. Are you ready for it? Curl your toes under. That's not impossible. Straighten your legs. Get up to plank pose like a plank, not a snake. Make the noise. Or just get up. (laughs) All right. And head back into downward dog. So butt goes back. Big breath. And then walk your feet to your hands. Nobody said it had to be graceful. Get those feet up to the hands. The hands will come to the hips. And you'll come up to standing. Hmm. You've gone backwards. Okay, swing your arms. Let's give them a good swing. Uh Like it was your life purpose. I don't know why it would be your life purpose, but as if it were your life purpose to swing those arms. Just swinging, grooving at Spirit Rock, arms swinging. Okay, let's do our oomphs again. You ready for it? Inhale up. Swing. Inhale up. (laughs) One more. (laughs) If you had any crust in you, now's the time to let it go. Here we go. Inhale up. Let's turn and face this side of the room. Take your feet nice and wide. Turn your left toes. Oh. What we did right. But I want to turn and face that way. I was all proud of myself. Let's face the other side of the room. (laughs) I know, Molly. All right, so the feet are wide, and you turn your left toes to the front of the room. I'm giving you something to practice with. Bend your left knee. Arms are out to the sides. Okay. And then here we go. We did a lot of these. Inhale up. And exhale out. Just like so. Keep going. 
This is moving meditation. Um, This next instruction is poetic. It's not literal, but poetic, as if you could breathe into your feet on the inhale, and on the exhale, breathe from your feet all the way out the crown of the head. So on the inhale, as if the breath could come in all the way to your feet, and on the exhale, from the feet all the way out the head. Totally not a literal instruction. Do one more. And when you've finished, put just your arms down. Move your shoulders, move your head. And then the arms will come out to the sides. And we have warrior two. Gaze out over that left hand and breathe. Hold your drishti, hold your focus. Sometimes it's so important, you know, where we focus our attention can impact our experience. When I worked in a department store, if I looked at the dress I wanted, every time I went to work, I ended up buying it, right? Like where we gaze is important. So hold your practice, holding your gaze steady. Don't look around. Keep your attention in your own experience for now. A couple more breaths. There might be some strong feelings with kindness. If there's strong feelings, I'll respond with kindness rather than self-criticism. Keep reaching that arm behind you. Okay, take both hands down to the floor. This time, climb down onto your hands and knees. We're not going to stay, but you climb down onto your hands and knees, and then your elbows and knees, so you can come to plank pose, which I cannot demonstrate, but maybe you can do it. Plank pose on your elbows, so the legs step back. You have a plank pose on your elbows. If you need less challenge, knees drop down. So if you think to yourself, holy cannoli, <laughs> knees drop down. Uh, Gaze is forward, so don't let the head hang. Oh, look at that. Now, it's not a jaw exercise. Um, and then I've been noticing with all the PT exercises I've been doing, it's actually true. When we start to shake, it means that we're building strength right then. It's true. If you're building strength, if you're shaking, you're building strength right now. It's brilliant. Brilliant. Keep your hips up. Don't let them sag too much. One more breath. Okay, down you go. Make a pile of your hands as a pillow for your forehead. Hmm. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, maybe resting on your stomach so you're stretched out. Unless you purposely want to do something else, in which case I don't care. Mm-hmm. Uh, and lift up your right leg behind you. And put it down. And lift up your left leg behind you. And put it down. Let's do one more set. Each, set, each side, work at your own pace. And then the next one, when you finish, there's no rush. The next one is hands on the floor under your shoulders for that low cobra. Yeah, so you're on your belly. There's no weight in the hands. Mm -hmm. Maybe your hands come back. Maybe your legs come up. Yeah. 
couple breaths. Okay, come down and push back into child's pose. Push back into child's pose. So hips go back. Knees can be together or apart, whichever is more comfortable. And your butt goes as far back as your butt goes. The butt just does what the butt does. (laughs) Hips as far back as they can. Uh, With your hips as far back as they can, walk your hands over to the right. Maybe about 12 inches or so. And take a big breath here. Okay, bring your hands to the center and over to the other side. And hands to the center. And let's have you uh, stand on your knees, which I do believe is called kneeling. (laughs) Um, But put the square cushion under your knees. If you don't have a square cushion, you could use a blanket. But get something under your knees. And stand on your knees. Yeah. Uh Curl your right toes under. Hands to namaste. Take full breath. Right hands will come down in the direction of the right heel, and the left arm will go up high. If you can't breathe, you've gone too far. Keep lifting your rib cage up and leaning your hips forward. Breathe a lot. Okay, come on up, hands to namaste. Uh Release the toes, curl the left toes under. Left hands down in the direction of the left heel. Right hands up. Hmm. Leading your hips forward, breathing. Hmm. Okay, come back to center. Bring your hands down on the floor. Keep your knees on the cushion. Step your right foot forward. And then sink. Check this out. Instead of having your tushy back, sink it forward. And bring the hands up to the front thigh. Now, while you're here, is it possible, like, uh uh-oh. Okay, so while you're here, you're in this pose, can you push both, like, the front foot and the back uh, knee, well, not the knee, but the shin foot down, so you've got the legs pushing into the floor a lot, so rather than just not pushing and sinking, you're actually pushing the front foot and the back shin and foot down. Some of you will like your arms up, I think not me, but maybe you would like your arms up, and we'll take three breaths wherever you are. Zip up your low belly, pushing your feet down. Okay, and then hands will come down and you'll switch legs. Right foot back, left foot forward. And instead of having your hips back, have your hips forward. And the hands will come up 
And you're pushing. So if I push my front foot into the floor, see how it shifts me back? So I'm kind of doing both, shifting forward and pushing the front foot into the floor. And the back foot is down. Some of you put your arms up. And you're breathing a lot. If your arms are down, relax your shoulders. Uh, Hold steady. Observe. Lift up your low belly. Okay, hands down. Step the foot back. Stand on your knees. Hands on your lower back. Pull your elbows towards each other. Lift your chest. Some of you, this will be enough with your chest lifted, your hips leaning forward. Some of you might feel like you could take your hands to your heels. I don't know. You don't have to see. You can always come back next week. Lift your chest. Breathe. Commit to the shape that you're practicing. Breathe a lot. Don't push past your body's capacity. Chest is up, everybody. Okay, let's come out of the pose. Ah, And then uh, you'll sit on your bottom with your legs around in front of you. That pose is not a crowd pleaser. I took a survey. Generally, people aren't so happy with that. Let's wrap the arms around the legs, drop the head. And you'll just pause in this pose for a little while. I'm not going to give any more instruction for a moment. Just pause. See if you can have a sense of your posture. The rounding of your back. Okay, let's come up and uh, open the knees. Bottoms of the feet will touch. Now, I'm noticing for me today, when I do this, my back is rounding. So um, if that's happening for you, if you get here and your back, see how this is rounded rather than upright? If your back is rounding, take that cushion and sit up on it. It doesn't make the stretch less. It helps keep your back in nice alignment. Yeah. Okay. And then um, do this maybe contrary thing, which is lift the knees up three, four inches. Lift the knees up, push the feet together. Now the knees are up, the feet are pushing together, and see if you can pull your lower back forward. So instead of rounding the lower back backwards, pull it forward. It might not go very far. And your knees are upright, and you're pressing your feet together. This is now your life purpose, pressing your feet together. Like you were pressing your feet together. Uh, Keep breathing a lot. Keep pushing your feet together. Your knees are up high. Okay, big breath in. And as you exhale, relax your knees and feet. Uh Some of you might tip forward a little bit. 
Everybody let the chin drop a little bit. Now, with your eyes opened or closed, it doesn't matter which, turn your eyes in the direction of the center of the chest as if you could gaze toward your heart. But whether eyes are open or closed doesn't matter, but the gaze is going towards the center of the chest. Okay, now lift the knees up three inches or so. Uh Push the feet together. Uh Keep tilting the pelvis forward, pushing the feet together. Your knees are higher than they can go. Keep them up. Keep the activity. Push, push, push. Keep pushing. Uh Keep pushing a little bit longer. Big breath in. And then exhale, relax all that effort. Let your stomach, your belly actually even go soft. Chin is dropped, gaze, eyes are turned towards the center of the chest. Belly soft. Keep relaxing your hips and legs. Relax your tongue. Have a sense of the posture, the entire body in the posture. Okay. And then uh, use your hands if you need to. Extend the legs forward. Actually, let's do this one we did a moment ago. Knees bent, arms wrap around. And then breathe in, know that you're breathing in. Breathe out, know that you're breathing out. And we'll stay here for a little bit of time. If it's too much on your neck, don't go so far. Okay, and straighten the legs out. You'll bend the right knee. Now we're going to twist to the right, which is to the sunny side of the room. That's amazing. We're going to twist around to the right. Right hand's behind you. Yeah. The other right hand. One of those right hands. You twist around to the right. Yeah. Keep the hinge of the jaw soft. And again, we'll stay in the pose. So keep your gaze, your drishti. There's something that we can develop as we practice yoga and meditation where there's a kind of confidence. Maybe you've already developed this, but a a kind of confidence in your own path, a confidence in your own integrity, a confidence in your own intuition and path and life. So it's, it's like the metaphor of not looking around and comparing, but holding steady, committing to yourself and your own integrity, your own wholeness. Okay, let's untwist, and you'll switch legs. Just find a shape that you can hold. Find your shape. And fix your eyes. Your eyeballs aren't looking around. You could even close them, but that's your choice. Eyes open or close. That's a yoga controversy. 
to open or close the eyes, but you get to choose. And have a sense of your posture. It's like a meditation posture, so you can observe. All right, lovies, let's come out, and you're going to stretch yourself out for final relaxation. So you'll lie on your back, sunny side up since we got some sun. If you're uncomfortable flat, you can put a pillow under your knees or under your head. And the body temperature does drop, so you might want to put your socks or sweater on. Just take your time. Make yourself as comfortable as you can in this moment. And um, you'll make no effort. Even if you're not as relaxed as you had hoped, you'll make no effort here. Bring your attention to the inside of your mouth. Just sense the inside of the mouth, the tongue, the teeth, the gums. Notice the back of the tongue where it turns into the throat. Notice the roof of the mouth, the back of the throat into the nasal passage. From the nasal passage to the inner ear canal on the right side. Outer architecture of the right ear. The right jaw the right temple, and the right cheek. And then the outer architecture of the right ear again into the ear canal, the left ear canal. In the outer architecture of the left ear. The left temple, the left jaw, and the left cheek.
your lips, the tip of the chin, the front of the throat, your chest, and your belly. So I'm going to give you a choice. It's a little different than that we sometimes do. We're going to shift into meditation, but some of you, I think, would like to stay as you are and meditate on your back. And some of you would prefer to come and sit upright. And there's not a best or right way to do it. Let your body lead. So if your body is leading you to stay as you are, please feel free. And if you'd like to shift, you'll make your way up to a seated posture. So there's no, again, no right or wrong. Let your body lead. And you can change your mind at any point. So we're shifting into our meditation period. Some of you will sit up and some of you will stay on your back. Sitting up for meditation, get cushions under your bum or sit on a chair.
So whichever shape you've chosen, it's almost like during the yoga we're doing meditation, and during meditation we're doing yoga. So whichever shape you've taken, whether sitting up on a chair or lying down, let the sense of the posture be part of your attention. You can fine-tune your posture at any point. There is a sense of the posture, the shape of the body, whether legs are crossed or uncrossed. And for today's meditation, uh, include everything in the meditation. So, sounds, your mood. So, include everything the sense of the posture. So that we have non-harming or a sense of welcoming. Even the thinking minds can be included, excluding nothing. Or today, there's a sense of the posture and a kind of generosity of attention and inclusivity.
can be helpful to notice the sensations of breath that arise within the field of the posture. So we have posture and breath.
posture at ease. Attention, kind, accepting.
tending to your heart. Tending to your heart. Just this moment.
as an experiment for the last three minutes or so. Notice sound and silence. Let that be what you're meditating on, sound and silence. All right, job well done. Don't believe your mind if it tells you otherwise. Job well done. So uh, next we rearrange the room a bit and come forward towards me. 
uh, for the talk. We're going to have uh, two semicircles. One will be people who want to sit on the floor on their cushion, and then a, a second semicircle with those of you who want to be in chairs. So at this point, you can roll up your mat, and if you want to stay on the floor, just keep your cushions. Bana, is it too hot in here? Is it too hot in here? Okay. I, um, I'm going to... Uh, no, let's not open the windows. I'm going to turn on the other thing. Hopefully it doesn't next become too cold in here. that because um, often in meditation you hear the instruction in many different kinds of meditation you hear the instruction to focus on the breath Choose different objects and sometimes different objects. 
Yeah. So you're supposed to stop thinking when you meditate, right? Don't we all think this? So who here has um, complete control of their thoughts? Our thinking mind is not actually something that we have complete control over. We have some control over how and when we think, um, but not... Oh, I wasn't on, but not a ton, right? So um, in meditation, it's just like sound. You can be on the breath, and then a sound comes, and you can notice it, and then go back to the breath. Well, what if a thought comes, and you notice, oh, I'm thinking. You can just notice thinking, and then when the sound is gone, what do you do? You can go back to the breath. When the thought is gone, you can go back. So we're not, when we meditate, interested about the content of the thought. I need to go after meditation. I need to go do this, this, and this today. That's going to happen, right? Doesn't that happen? I think that happens for everybody. But as best we can, we're not getting caught up into the content and more the process of thinking. Oh, thinking is here. Thinking is not here. Does that help? Because we, we really, like, to set ourselves up to think, like, to have the view that when we meditate, the thoughts are supposed to at least slow down, if not stop, that can be a big hindrance because then, did anybody here have no thoughts? You had no thoughts? Oh, well, you were asleep. <laughs> All right, good. <laughs> but in general, yeah, maybe minutes, maybe lying down is not the best. Yeah. yeah. Although sometimes we need a nap. Like honestly, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> but in general, like the thoughts. So we we can't control. Okay, 
life? Can you control everything that comes your way? No. We have the capacity to meet what's coming our way. That's what we have. So when the thought comes, the thought has already come. And so how do we meet the thought? Can we meet it with kindness, without judgment? Can we notice it's happening? This can be so helpful. Uh, Maybe I give you a little TMI, but there's like, uh, for me, it's been really helpful to notice there's a certain, like in daily life, there's a certain feeling that comes over me that when that comes, I now understand it's because there's been a whole stream of negative self-criticism. And I miss, like there's not enough um, mindfulness, awareness to hear the negative self-talk. It's getting better and better, but when I notice that certain feeling that comes, and so now with more and more practice, I can start to notice the negative self-talk, and then I have a choice about it. We don't have a choice if we don't notice it. So when we sit down to meditate, if we think, oh, I'm going to just stop thinking, but then we don't learn how to deal with our thoughts and see them and understand that they're not under our complete control and that they're not always true. Don't believe everything you think. Like, if some of the stuff that we think, if we said aloud, woo, right? Like, so don't believe. And so it can be really actually powerfully helpful to begin to notice the thinking mind, to notice when it's happening, when it's not happening, what happens in response. So I notice when I meditate, if there's a lot of thinking going on, there's tension in my thumb and index finger. (laughs) Right? And so sometimes it's easier I notice the thinking first, and sometimes I notice the thumb and index finger first. And so the body and the mind are related, and we're just bringing more and more attention to the process of being a human. And guess what? The process of being a human includes thinking. Now, that said, I'm hoping that you don't sit down and spend the whole half an hour ruminating. Although somebody last week, did, some of you were here, he said this really beautiful thing. Like, sometimes he knows he sits down and there's this thing that he needs to think about. And he just lets himself think about it with attention. And then it clears and he can meditate. Whereas if he tries to ignore it, it doesn't go away. And I thought that was really skillful. Um, Like sometimes something needs to be seen with presence. And then, so if we have the idea, don't think when meditating, then it's limiting. We we can't actually see what's happening. So hopefully that, is that helpful? Does that answer? Yeah, good. Yeah. Sometimes what I try to do is, if I'm thinking a lot, because I'm doing a lot today. Today, yeah. Just say, oh, there I am thinking again. Yeah. Can you just let it go? Yeah. 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 Perfect. I think that's perfect. Yeah, you just identify what's happening. Yeah. Can you let it go? And sometimes we can, and sometimes we can't. And so um, sometimes the instruction is if you three times, if something, if there's a thinking about a particular topic, and you three times try and let it go, and it just keeps coming back, um, then uh, the instruction shifts, because the let it go and come back, that doesn't always work. And so if it hasn't worked, you've tried a few times, then the instruction is to maybe sense if there's an emotion driving that. So sometimes there's anxiety or some, like, fear or something other, right, driving it. And so that you kind of, like, peek under the hood 
and see what's driving that. And that can be helpful as a technique. And maybe yes, maybe no. So you get to try for yourself and see for yourself. Anything else? I like talking about meditation. I think it's fascinating. I can share that um, years ago I tried to do yoga and my mind, I stopped because my mind would not ever quiet. Right. And I really have not done it very much through the years. Right. Today, a lady who meditated, that didn't happen today at all, which was beautiful. Thank you. Uh-huh. But also my meditation kept coming to me. And I kept saying, I'm not alone. Wow. Just that was the dominant thing. Yeah. Which is, I mean, I don't, practice meditation or yoga on any kind of regular basis. Right, so right. It's, uh, it's, it's, That's beautiful. It happens. So yeah. It's very affirming for me. Good, good. Yeah. Good. Anything else about meditation? This is, this is kind of on, based on what she was saying, but I remember a, a meditation instruction to name, which is, I mean, we've been saying that one way or another, to name the feeling. So not yeah. to involved in it. Oh, I'm planning. Oh, planning. Yeah. Planning. You know, when you start to, you know, I did a lot of planning. <laughs> do a lot of planning. And it does tell you something about yourself, too. If you yeah. just categorize your um, thoughts, right? yeah. you get bound up in them, but realize, boy, I really have a big investment in planning. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. So naming for some people as a technique works brilliant. And other people, uh, if does it doesn't work at all and just to point out like are you hearing that there's different ways to meditate imagine that and different circumstances require different things so for some some of us naming like the sound comes listening or the thought thinking or planning planning so there can be it can be really helpful or if an emotion comes naming that can be really helpful to create a little space around it um, so you can try that as a technique. I recommend it. I don't recommend it if it seems like, um, if it doesn't allow a kind of opening, like if a kind of spaciousness around it, but if it seems like it helps, then you should, you should try it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah? What does a mantra come in? Okay, this is a great question. So we have in meditation, in this tradition, so there's different lineages of meditation, but in this tradition, we're doing mindfulness. So, um, but if we look at meditation and we are sort of dissecting what we're doing, on one hand, we're focusing our attention, and on the other hand, we're practicing mindfulness. It is false to pull them apart completely, but it can be helpful to understand what we're doing to pull them apart a little bit. So when we focus on the breath or a mantra, mantra is a repeated phrase. So it sounds like you had a little mantra going right? Like something that just is coming and you repeat it. So that would be concentration. Uh, In yoga tradition, you can focus on a candlelight, right? There's different, like you focus your mind. That's part of meditation. But the other part is mindfulness. And mindfulness is um, being present to whatever is happening. So then you're focusing on your mantra or your breath. You're doing concentration. And then a thought comes. Oh, you notice thinking. Maybe you label it thinking or planning or remembering. That's mindfulness. And so we're balancing concentration and mindfulness. We cannot have mindfulness. Mindfulness is just doing what you're doing while you're doing it. We cannot have mindfulness without focus. 
We cannot have focus without some amount of mindfulness. So when you meditate, maybe sometimes you really want to do the focus. I want a mantra. I want to do that. It's said to be calming for the mind and the nervous system. Maybe other times you want to open up a little bit and um, just focus moment-to-moment attention to the changing flow of experience. Does that help you understand? So I think the confusion around the thinking is that we think we're supposed to be doing concentration meditation. We have this idea, focus on the breath, focus on a mantra, and we forget that wise mindfulness is a path factor and that we're practicing mindfulness, that paying attention to what's happening. And so we need both. Sometimes if we do a heavy focus, a heavy concentration meditation, like we're like, oh, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to just do concentration, do my mantra, uh, sometimes that um, is skillful, and other times it's not skillful. So that, again, you can balance what you're doing. And then if this seems complicated to you, just moment-to-moment attention, use your breath. You don't have to let it get complicated, but for some people it can help to understand, to pull those apart a little bit. Um, Does that answer? Okay. Anybody else? Meditation questions. They're fun. Yeah. This is more of an observation. Uh This is my first time doing meditation after yoga. Uh I found it a lot easier to concentrate. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Anybody else? Yes. That's why we're all here. (laughs) Because it's so much. And then I really like today the idea that came to me where when we're doing yoga, we're, we're adding the meditation. And when we're doing meditation, we can add the sense of the posture so that we're doing yoga and the meditation because they support each other. Yeah, there's a reason why I teach these two together. It's really helpful. Good, I'm glad it was helpful. Should we do names? Let's do names. Let's just say your name. We're going to do it like this. Call and response. Ashley? Ashley. Okay. That's good. And I know we haven't been using the mic, but let's use the mic. Adelina? Jesse? Mary Beth? Debbie? Gabrielle? Kaya, Joan, Mary, Maria, Linda, Molly, Gay, Jude, Bonna. Dick. Maya. Kelly. Thelma. Mark. Carthy. Claudia. Let's turn this back on. So welcome, everybody. Our topic for today um, is... uh, Ethics are virtue. So we're on. Uh, we're doing a series of ten topics. We're on. This is our second one. We spent two weeks on generosity, and these topics are topics that are really helpful for daily life. 
is I think uh, yoga and meditation practices are very, very important. But my idea, well, it's not just my idea, actually. The idea is to get this stuff integrated into your life, to support you in your life, right? Like, it's great to come to this beautiful room and, and practice, but what about in your family, our work life, our home life, right? Like, how, how can we incorporate what we learn here into the rest of our lives? And these topics, uh, this ethics topic, generosity last week, are uh, things that we can work with in daily life. Uh, work with to the aim of reducing suffering, reducing harm for yourself and others, yes? So... Um, There's a teacher, Bonnie Duran, who uh, she was teaching on the retreat that I was uh, teaching on up the hill in January, and she gave a talk, and she was so cute. She was like so excited talking about ethics, and so the the um, textual the ancient word for ethics is sila. Sila means virtue or ethical behavior, and she was saying sila is sexy. And it was totally cracking me up. So she told this whole story about um, she had met her partner, and um, she met him online, and she found that he was a very ethical person, and that's what sold her. She's like, yeah, I can date this man. He's, he's ethical. Sila is very sexy. And so then we were talking after she gave the talk, and um, we were talking about my partner. And she's like, yeah, he's really ethical, isn't he? I'm like, Actually, you're tr- it's true. And it is something that is quite sexy because you know what? I feel safe around my partner. Like there's a baseline of ethical behavior, non-harming. That's why I brought the non-harming into the yoga, right? The sort of baseline of non-harming where there's a kind of safety and trust that can develop. So uh, ethical behavior, virtue, sila, is sexy, right? Um, but really, it provides, it creates a space of safety where we can trust, we can trust uh, each other. So from a commentary by Acharya Dhammapala, virtue surpasses material wealth because thieves cannot confiscate it. Because it enables one to achieve supreme Sovereignty, oh, I can't say this word. Sovereignty, thank you. Because it enables one to achieve supreme sovereignty over one's own mind, virtue surpasses the sovereignty of warriors, kings, and priests. Virtue surpasses the achievement of beauty. Because... It makes one beautiful even to one's enemies. It cannot be vanquished by the adversities of aging and sickness. Right? This is powerful stuff. Okay, and then there's one other thing I want to read. This is from one of the Nikayas. So we have in this tradition the ancient, it's called the Pali Canon, the ancient teachings, the scriptures, basically, the Buddhist scriptures. And so it's said to be from the Buddha. And this is one of the Nikayas. It says, there are these five gifts, five gifts, five great gifts, um, original, long-standing, traditional, ancient, unadulterated from the beginning, 
that are not open to suspicion will never be open to suspicion and are not faulted by knowledgeable contemplatives and priests. Okay, so these gifts, these five gifts are great. They're ancient, traditional, unadulterated, right? Which five? Abstaining from killing. Abstaining from taking what is not given. Abstaining from sexual misconduct. Abstaining from lying and abstaining from use of intoxicants. In doing so, one gives, right? These are talked about as gifts. One gives freedom from danger. Isn't that nice? There's all these ancient stories about how the um, monks in, in the old days, the ancient times, the monks, they would have such kindness in their heart and that they wouldn't kill anything that the animals felt safe around them. And if you've ever spent any time on this land meditating on a meditation retreat, like the animals are so peaceful here and they come up quite close because they know, like they know it's safe here. I've meditated up there with a little lizard sitting on my knee, right? And then another time, like a hummingbird was just sitting, right? Because there's a kind, it's a gift. It's a gift. So the gift of abstaining from killing is. You're giving freedom from danger, freedom from animosity, freedom from oppression to a limitless number of beings. In giving freedom from danger, freedom from animosity, freedom from oppression to a limitless number of beings, she gains a share in limitless freedom from danger, freedom from animosity, and freedom from oppression. So not only do you give it to others, but you give it to yourself. I think that's quite beautiful. Okay. So we have the five. They're called the five precepts. They're sort of the five. And they're called trainings. So um, it's not like these five, if you don't follow these five, you're going to go to hell and there's going to be some punishment. But they're called trainings. They're trainings. They're practices. They're not perfect. So they're trainings of the heart. And what happens when you train your heart in this way? You get a heart that's liberated, that's free, right? And you're free from danger, and you're offering that to yourself and others. So we could look at this first one. Here, let's. The first one is um, refrain from harming living beings. So sometimes it's talked about freedom from killing, but freedom to refrain from harming living beings. If we turn this around, so these are all negative. These are negative prescriptions. But if we turn it around in the positive, what do we have? Reverence for life. Reverence for the preciousness of life. And uh, we can be aware of the suffering that's caused by the destruction of life, right? There's a lot of suffering from destruction of life. And instead, we can cultivate compassion and offer this gift of reverence for life to those around us. And then the second one is to refrain from taking what's not given. So uh, not stealing, basically. Not stealing. And then what do you get when, when you have that? You have generosity, right? This kind of generosity, this open-heartedness. So we're not taking what's not given. And I think if we, we can take these um, quite, 
quite sort of prescriptively, but we can also be creative about it. Like, what about this not stealing in the sense of uh, global warming and the resources? Like, are we as um, well-off, relatively well-off people in this country using more resources that are really don't belong to us? And what harm comes from that, actually? And where is the integrity um, where we're not taking more than we need? And what would happen if we really didn't take more than we needed? Or we could look at this um, in a yoga pose. Are you stealing a yoga pose? It's not really yours. That maybe used to be yours, but it's not yours now. You know what I mean? Like going too far in a yoga pose. Like sometimes we, we kind of push. We like want to get that next thing, and it hasn't been given to us. But can we actually have a personal integrity around not stealing, not taking what hasn't been given So the third one, to refrain from causing harm with your sexuality. So true love, right? Would that be the positive of that? True love, the sense of intimacy and connection and safety. Now, I don't, you know, like there's all sorts of stuff happening nowadays with polyamory and like whatever. We can be ethical in our sexual behavior, right? There's so much harm caused with unethical sexual behavior, Can we commit to um, having ethics around this? So we're committing to offering safety to ourselves and others. So it might look different for everybody, this one. Um, The fourth precept, to refrain from false speech, to refrain from lying. This could be turned in the positive to cultivate loving speech and deep listening. Right? How much harm comes from lying? Sometimes I've, I've been looking at this in myself. Like there's times where there's little impulses to exaggerate where it's not mm, maybe a lie, maybe not, depending on how you look at it, but there's that impulse to exaggerate. Like where is that coming from and why is that necessary? So this one is really about um, being with integrity in your speech. So I think I told this story last week, but I'm going to tell it again. So I had, a, um, when I bought my house a couple years ago, I hired a real estate agent, and I knew, the reason I hired her, because I knew that she had a lot of ethical integrity, and that I knew that there would be a kind of safety there, that she wasn't going to lie to me about what would happen, right? Like, the whole thing, like, her ethical integrity, in particular around her speech, allowed me to relax a little bit around the process of buying a house. So loving speech and deep listening. And then the last one is um, to refrain from taking intoxicants that cloud the mind and cause heedlessness. So keep your prescription medications, please, people. (laughs) But to refrain from taking intoxicants that cloud the mind and cause heedlessness. Really, the whole idea around these ethical teachings is around creating safety for yourself and others, which is a beautiful gift. And if you've had too much to drink, maybe like that sense of safety goes out the window a little bit, right? So um, Thich Nhat Hanh has this wonderful spin on this one, on uh, intoxicants. He turns this one, this precept, around into the positive, around nourishment and um, healing. And I'm going to read this because... I think it's um, beautiful. 
Aware of the suffering caused by unmindful consumption, I am committed to cultivating good health, both physical and mental, for myself, my family, and my society by practicing mindful eating, drinking, and consuming. I will, look, I will practice looking deeply into how I consume nutrients, namely edible foods, sense impressions. I am determined not to gamble or to use alcohol, drugs, or any other products which contain toxins. Okay, here we go. This is Thich Nhat Hanh. He's saying he's going to uh, not consume any um, consume any products that contain toxins, such as certain websites, electronic games, TV programs. Some of them are quite toxic, right? And you can feel it later. Um, ma- films, magazines, books, and conversations. I will practice coming back to the present moment to be in touch with the refreshing, healing, and nourishing elements in me and around me. Um, I am determined not to try to cover up loneliness, anxiety, or other suffering by losing myself in consumption. He's taking this to a high level, right? This is like, I'm just saying this as an aspiration. And again, it's not like a repressive kind of thing. It's a thing chosen out of uh, happiness and joy to give yourself the gift of safety and freedom and to give that to others around you. All right, I think that's good. Thich Nhat Hanh is pretty good. I have so many quotes today. They tell you when you start giving talks to not give too many quotes, but unfortunately, I've got a lot of quotes for you. Okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it anyway. Quote, you'll have to forgive me. This is David Foster Wallace, because this will be the closing quote. The really important kind of freedom involves attention and awareness and discipline and effort and being able to truly care about other people and to sacrifice for them over and over in myriad, petty, little, unsexy ways every day. That is real freedom. The alternative is unconsciousness, the default setting of the rat race the constant gnawing sense of having had and lost some infinite thing. So he's talking about, actually, instead of seeing these ethical guidelines or ethical trainings not as a, as a, a lack of freedom, he's actually saying it's a true kind of freedom, where instead of being on a kind of autopilot, trying to get everything that you can get for yourself, but actually letting go of that and finding freedom in the kind of integrity where you can offer uh, safety for yourself and others, to uh, care, to truly care about other people and to sacrifice for them over and over. So these ethical precepts, they can be, uh, they can be used in daily life to help support you in your daily life. Like, are you going to uh, speak truthfulness? Are you going to abstain? Are you going to commit to non-harming, this ahimsa, this non-harming? Can you offer this gift of uh, integrity, of wholeness to yourself and to the people around you to help 
create the worlds that we want to live in, you know? Like, what we do matters. It sometimes seems like what we do doesn't matter, but actually what we do and how we are in the world matters. And uh, it can reverberate. Like, one, one lie or one, one misstep with our speech, right, can reverberate. It can cause a lot of harm. Whereas a kind speech and ethical behavior can also reverberate out and spread. Think about when you drop a, a rock into some water, how the, the reverberations just echo out far, far and wide. So that's what I have for you today for ethics. Ethics are sexy. Ethics take a lot of courage, but they're quite powerful and um, important. We have time maybe for one or two comments, if there are any comments or questions. A little dharmet today because we talked about meditation so much. Comments or questions? I was going to ask you, can I tell you what I was going to ask you for discussion if we had more time? I wanted to hear, I thought maybe it was too intense a question, so it's good that we don't have time for it. But I did want to hear um, what, like, which one of the precepts, so we have the five precepts, right? Harming living beings, uh, refrain from taking what's not given, uh, refrain from causing harm with your sexuality, refrain from false speech, refrain from intoxicants. So my question to you was going to be, which one of those is easy for you and which one of those is hard for you? Because sometimes like it can change in different points in your life, but it can be interesting to notice which one is a little more challenging and, and why. why. That's your homework, to think about that. So, any comments? Well, I was thinking yeah. in the first two, particularly, that the physicalness of, 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 the, the blunt, of the, taking it at, at the words as it's spoken, but for me, it more went to, like, the, for example, stealing or whatever, not so much a physical thing, but what we do to other people in our emotional relationships. Yeah. We can really take things from people when they're almost like a life force and that's where and even in killing you know that type of thing it's like I shifted to that yeah. emotional level yeah how we do much harm yeah to others in relationships. Like yeah. There's a, there's a whole way of looking at this, and I'm not prescribing any way. So we can keep it quite literal. And like if you spent your life not stealing literally like the things, the bin at the grocery store, right, whatever, like it, we can keep it quite literal, but it can also be really helpful to start, look like you're, start looking like you're talking about on different levels, like emotional stealing. or Like there's a lot of different ways that we can deal with look at these and work with these. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes people, sometimes we have the idea, it's like this weird thing, like I'm going to be truthful and it's actually just mean. And um, we have really, like, non-harming at the foundation. Maybe we talk about right speech next week. That's what I'm going to teach you next week in this ethics category. Because it's like, you know, it's, it's time to go. And I think this is a huge topic. So hopefully you can come next week, too. But, um, yeah, let's talk about speech. Because I think that's actually a really great question. Like, how do you balance truthfulness and kindness? There are, there's lots of instructions around speech. We'll do speak. Yeah, please. Um, that actually just came up this morning. I have three kids and uh-huh. they're constantly saying mean things to each other. Oh. And uh, this 
son said to my daughter, he, he said, well, it's true. I said, that's so mean. He said, well, it's true. And we have something that I would say, well, is it true? Is it kind? Is yeah. it necessary? Yeah. So it's totally true what you said, but it was not helpful right. <laughs> or necessary. Right. So. Yeah. These, these are Buddhist teachings. I'm sure other tradition. I don't know where you got that one, but that's, yes, yes. We'll talk about that more next week. We'll do a speech. Okay, so your homework is to look at which one of these is maybe easier and which one is maybe harder for you, and we'll talk about speech next week. So you can maybe think about your speech this week, too, or observe it. Observe it. Um, announcements? Bonna, do you have announcements? Or do you? All right, and if you have it paid, there's a basket by the door. And I'm going to do shameless self-promotion now. Okay, you ready for it? I was nominated in Oakland, the Oakland Magazine, to be the best yoga teacher in the East Bay. Okay, so here's, where, here's why I'm telling you this. It turns out I want to win. <laughs> So if you go to Oakland Magazine and vote for me, um, if you go to the survey, I'm at the bottom. It's like the, the last or second to last category, and it's quite a long survey. But if you felt inclined, I would appreciate it. It's Oakland Magazine. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, let's do the closing. I'm going to get caught up. Oh, it's online. Yeah, it's an online thing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, on the 9th, yeah, that would be. On the 9th, which is a Friday. Well, the Thursday class will happen as usual. I think it's next Friday, isn't it? Yeah, not tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow. Next week's class, we'll talk about speech. And then next Friday, I'm doing a day long. It's called a celebration of women and men are invited. (laughs) Right? Um, So let's do an official closing. May you be safe and protected, and may you be as healthy as possible. And may you know uh, the great gift of virtue, the gift of fearlessness. Let's take the hands, palms out somehow, as if you could send out blessings through your hands. If there are any um, merits from this practice, any wisdom arising, any goodness arising, let's offer that out into the world. Bring your hands to touch. May all beings everywhere know peace and the causes of peace. Thank you so much. Could not have done it without you. Come again, do more yoga next week. We'll talk about speech. It's a good one. It's a good one to talk about. Yeah.